Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in Jaguar show. I'm Justin Dunk, joined by Ryan Green from 1010XL and 92.5 FM in Jacksonville. You can follow Ryan on X or Twitter or whatever we're calling it these days at Ryan Green 1010XL. Thanks for joining me, man. Hey, Justin. Thanks for having me, man. Hope you're doing well. Yes, sir. And same to you. Maybe can't say quite the same as yet for franchise quarterback Trevor Lawrence. He showed up for his press conference on Wednesday without a walking boot on, though. He did not practice on Wednesday. Can you envision Lawrence playing on Sunday against the Browns in Cleveland? Well, obviously the crazy thing, Monday night, you know, in the stadium, you think maybe his season's over. We don't know if it's a leg or a knee or an even an Achilles. There was all sorts of speculation. You see, can't really put any weight on it. And then, Justin, as Monday night turned into Tuesday morning, we started getting word that, well, maybe it's not as bad. And then, obviously, it comes to fruition that it's a high ankle sprain. And normally, a high ankle sprain, I'm old enough to remember when those were four- to six-week injuries. But where we are in the medical world now, like Mahomes last year is a prime example, high ankle sprain, he came back and played in the game against Jacksonville, obviously, in the playoffs. And that's what this is being compared to. So I did not think Trevor would play until I saw him on Wednesday at the press conference. Like you said, no crutches, no no boot. Now I'm about 50-50. I really don't know if he's going to play or not, which is certainly better than I thought it was going into today, thinking he wasn't going to play at all. I had Dr. David J. Chow on the Believe in Jaguars show, and he pegged it at almost exactly what you said there, 50-50, that Lawrence could potentially play based on his history in the NFL. He was a team doc for over 17 years in the league. Knowing the Jaguars as well as you do, you've been covering them since you're 18 years old. It's been, what, 22 years now? Is that right? Yeah, I started back in 2000, 2002. That's a long time. And obviously being around since Peterson has been there, do you think that it would be smart to play Lawrence considering they're going to go into Cleveland, the elements are going to be at play, that defensive line led by Miles Garrett is absolutely ferocious? Or should they sit him down for a week and have him closer to 100% for the stretch drive of the season? Well, I think, Justin, and you you know this, man, I think can you play and should you play are two different things, right? Can Trevor Lawrence potentially play on Sunday? Yeah, maybe. Should he play? That, to me, is a different question because you look at where the Jaguars are in the standings. They're 8-4, and four, but because they swept Indianapolis, and because they have a much better division record right now than Houston, they're essentially up two games still. I know it says eight and four for Jacksonville and then seven and five for Houston and Indy, but because of tiebreakers, the Jaguars are basically up two games. So this is the way I rationalize it. If Jacksonville can win three of their last five, but one of those three includes a win over Tennessee in week 18, that would force either Indy or Houston to run the table. They would have to go 5-0 and to win the division. So there is still some breathing room for Jacksonville. They have Carolina still on the schedule. They have Tampa Bay still on the schedule. And they have Tennessee. 
If they win those three games alone, again, you would force either Indy or Houston to be perfect from here on out. Would I like the Jaguars to win in Cleveland or potentially against Baltimore? Yes. But am I willing to maybe sacrifice this game or the Baltimore game to ensure that Trevor is healthy for Carolina, Tampa, and Tennessee? I think that's something I would definitely think about if I were the Jaguars. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device. To get in on the action, remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But online, it's where the game starts. Just what you touched on there, Ryan, makes a lot of sense to me when you're looking at the schedule and Lawrence's health and also going into the playoffs, it makes sense that you would want to have your franchise guy as close to full health as possible. So let's say you're right, and you know this team very well, so I think you might be, and C.J. Beathard starts. How does that change the offensive approach for Jacksonville? Oh, I think it changes it in a big way because you got to remember, Justin, not only would it be C.J. Beathard, but the Jaguars are definitely going to be without Christian Kirk, who you could argue has been their best receiver the last two years. He's out probably at least the remainder of the regular season. And they're likely to be without another left tackle in Walker Little, who was then replacing Cam Robinson. So they're basically down to their third left tackle. That's another thing I would think about if I was the Jaguars. Do I want to put a 75% Trevor Lawrence out there without Christian Kirk and now with your third left tackle in Blake Hance? Um, but as far as C.J. Beathard goes, look, I thought Beathard, Justin, played pretty well on Monday night uh, under the circumstances. He comes in. With five minutes to go in the game, goes 9 of 10 for, I believe, 63 yards. Had the ball down to Calvin Ridley inside the five. The holding penalty on Anton Harrison called it back. The Jaguars lose as a result. But Bethard coming in cold, I thought, played pretty well. Now he'll get a full week of first-team reps, you would imagine, even if Trevor is a questionable game-time decision. He's a good player. Is he Trevor Lawrence? Of course not. But you still have weapons in Evan Ingram. Um, Zay Jones. Look, it's time for Calvin Ridley to step up. I think you could make the argument that Ridley is borderline getting to that disappointing word 12 weeks in, 50-some-odd catches, what, 725-some-odd yards. Without Kirk and maybe without Trevor, a guy like Calvin Ridley really has to emerge in their absence. I would agree. Do you think there is a pretty good chance that Third-string quarterback, the Canadian Nathan Rourke, is activated for this game in Cleveland? I think as the week goes on, we're going to know pretty quick about Trevor Lawrence because I think by Friday or certainly by Saturday, they're going to activate Rourke, much like they did going into New Orleans. If you remember earlier in the year on the Thursday night, there was some question as to whether Trevor was going to play in that game due to a knee injury against Indy four days prior. So they activated Nathan Rourke. I think you're likely to see the same thing this week. Doug Peterson was asked earlier in the week about potentially bringing in Nick Foles, who we obviously won a Super Bowl with in Philadelphia. 
Uh, but he said that hasn't even been approached. They hadn't even talked about it at the time. So I think right now you're going to go with the guys on the roster being C.J. Beathard and potentially Nathan Rourke if Trevor cannot go. If Rourke has to be activated, how does that affect the rest of the Jacksonville Jaguars roster? Well, I mean, you activate Rourke, and then there's that new rule where you can dress, you know, an emergency quarterback. I guess it's the San Francisco rule from the NFC Championship game last year. I don't think it affects it too much. Uh, what really affects the Jaguar roster are all the injuries. You know, we mentioned Kirk and Little and Trevor. Foley Fadakasi left the game Monday night. Trey Herndon, the nickelback, is in concussion protocol. Um, Tyson Campbell aggravated a quad in overtime. I mean, you didn't just lose to Cincinnati, Justin. They got beat up in the injury department, and they are very battered and bruised going into this Cleveland game. But I'm telling my audience here in Jacksonville, the one team that does not want to hear about injuries is the Cleveland Browns. They've been <laughs> dub forever. They're out Deshaun Watson. They've played without Denzel Ward. Amari Cooper's in concussion protocol. I mean, you got two banged up football teams that are going to go on it, going to go at it Sunday there in the state of Ohio. You know, we've referenced the Monday night game against Cincinnati a couple of times, and I think it's worth talking about a little bit more just because of the standings, right? A lot of people, everybody on the ESPN panel picked Jacksonville to win across the country. I'm sure it was heavy Jaguars in terms of who people thought was going to win that football game. How does losing that game against Cincinnati potentially affect the decision this week whether to play Trevor Lawrence? Well, I'm a believer, Justin, in when a team shows you who they are, you need to believe them. And the Jaguars have shown us a couple of things. They've had three what I would call showcase games, showcase opportunities at home this year. Kansas City, San Francisco, and Monday night against Cincinnati – and they've lost all three. So at this point, I do not believe Jacksonville is ready for the prime time. I don't believe they're an elite AFC team. Jaguar fans, to me, can stop talking about the number one seed with Baltimore and Miami and Kansas City. I think for the here and now, they need to put that to the wayside. But one of the things Jacksonville has shown us in a positive fashion is resiliency, right? They go to one and two after that loss to Houston in week three. You would have thought the sky was falling here. What do they do? They go to London and they write the ship. Three weeks ago, San Francisco comes in here, treats them like a junior varsity team. I mean, it was <laughs> What do they do? They win two straight division games, Tennessee and a huge game at Houston. Now the sky is falling again after Jake Browning goes for 354 on them, 32 of 37. So Jaguar fans, again, for the third time this year, think, oh, no, what's going on? Can the Jaguars get up off the canvas again? They have proven that when they get knocked down, they get up off the mat and they keep going forward. Can they do that again on Sunday is the question. Especially when they go on the road. The Jaguars are 5-0 and away from Jacksonville in the United States this season. And you mentioned the two London games that they obviously swept both of those over the Falcons and Bills. So you know, they're 7-0 and away from Jacksonville this season, now, it might be 6-0 because I think one of those home games in London was a home game. But yeah. either way, why is this team so good on the road? Yeah, Justin, 6-0 and away from Jacksonville, 2-4 and inside Everbank Stadium. And these aren't just so-so games. I mean, Indianapolis is 7-3 and 
against everybody not named Jacksonville. And Jacksonville went in there and beat them on opening day. Jacksonville goes into the Dome in New Orleans on a Thursday night, a tough place in prime time, beats the Saints. Jacksonville goes into awful weather conditions in Pittsburgh, knocks off the Steelers. And then Jacksonville goes out to Houston when they're in the battle red and defeat C.J. Stroud and the Texans. And you played Buffalo in London where the Bills Mafia completely converged on the United Kingdom. It was clearly a Bills home <laughs> game with the fans, and Jacksonville wins that one. I don't know if it's bonding. I don't know if it's camaraderie. I can't put my finger on it. But there is no doubt, Justin, Jacksonville is a better team when they do not play at home. So people talk about home field advantage. Look, the first round bye is what I was interested in with the one seed. But as far as home games, Jacksonville has proven they are just simply a better team on the road this year than they are inside of Everbank Stadium. It seems like when they play at home that there is more of an expectation from the players. And I'll give you this example because on Monday Night Football, how many times did we see Trevor Lawrence visibly frustrated? And we usually don't see that from him. So I wondered if that was the pressure of being at home, the primetime lights, all the eyeballs, everybody focused on you kind of showing some of that frustration visibly because we're not used to seeing that from Lawrence, right? Not very often, no. Although he's gotten a little more like that this year at times, but you're right, not too often. I do think that this team, they like being the underdog. They like being the villain, right? They were the villain going to Houston. Everybody was talking about C.J. Stroud, and everybody was talking about the Texans, and no one was talking about them. Kind of their back-against-the-wall mentality. You kind of saw that as well going to Pittsburgh. You saw that going into the Dome on Thursday night with an injured Trevor Lawrence against the Saints. This team kind of rallies around that sort of thing. They eat that sort of thing up. And on Monday against Cincinnati, they were the 10-point favorite. They don't play well in that circumstance. They like being the underdog. They like being the team that's not at the center of attention. Um, And they don't have to worry about that now. They're not going to be the center of attention for the next couple of weeks with Cleveland and Baltimore. So maybe that'll help them here in the next two games. It could. I mean, it's interesting when you look at the betting line for this game because the Browns are actually, at the moment, three-point home favorites. Is that a line that you think has been majorly affected by the uncertainty around Lawrence? I think so. I mean, Cleveland's a better football team at home. They're coming off of two games that they lost out west against the Broncos and against uh, the Rams. So they're going to come back home. It's a very big game for Cleveland, maybe a I don't know if it's a must win, but we're getting into that neighborhood with them being seven and five. And look, like like I said earlier, you look at the injuries the Browns have had with Nick Chubb and Deshaun Watson. We don't know about Amari Cooper right now. I mean, these are two very banged up football teams, two desperate football teams in need of wins. So you got a seven and five Cleveland team, an eight and four Jacksonville team, injuries all over the place. But this is certainly a game that both teams really need. You mentioned some of the injuries earlier that the Jaguars are dealing with. Let's talk about the replacements because we know receiver Doug Peterson has said that Parker Washington is going to get more of a chance. He had six catches for 61 yards and a touchdown in his first ever NFL game on Monday Night Football, by the way. And then Blake Hance came in at left tackle when Little went down. Do you think, first and foremost, that Hance starts at that all-important blindside spot? I think so. I, I don't really see what other option you have. Cam Robinson's on IR. Now, Walker Little has not been ruled out, but he's got a hamstring. And 
you know, 320 pound offensive tackle with a hamstring. I don't know how realistic it is to believe he's going to be ready to go on Sunday. Doug Peterson was asked about rookie Anton Harrison, who played primarily left tackle at Oklahoma last year. Would you think about moving Harrison over? He's the right tackle in Jacksonville. And Peterson said, no, we're too late in the year. Anton's doing a good job. So he's going to remain at right tackle, which means at the left tackle spot, you're pretty much out of options. I mean, it's probably Blake Hans's show at this point, unless Walker Whittle can play, which, again, I, I would find that hard to believe on a short week. And what have you seen from Washington coming along ever since he was selected by the Jaguars in the NFL draft? It's interesting because when they drafted Parker Washington, I was somewhat familiar with him. I got some buddies in the Pennsylvania area that are just diehard Penn State fans. So they were telling me all about Brenton Strange and Parker Washington, the two Penn State guys that were drafted. And they compare Parker Washington to Christian Kirk. And I think that's why you saw maybe the Jaguars draft Washington. He kind of looks like Christian Kirk out there, the way he's built, uh, the routes he runs, obviously a far less polished version of Christian Kirk, certainly. But he looked good last week. He has to come in for an injured Christian Kirk, plays a pro, uh, 99% of the game. I mean, Kirk got hurt on the opening play. As you mentioned, Washington, six grabs, 60-plus yards, and a touchdown. I'm very intrigued at what the Jaguars potentially have in Parker, Washington. But again, Zay Jones, Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, ETN, those guys are certainly going to need to step up. And when Jamal Agnew comes back, which should be sooner rather than later, all of those guys are going to need to step up to replace Christian Kirk. Do you think Zay Jones is at 100%? Because it seems like he hasn't been the same as he's dealing with this nagging knee injury. Zay Jones has had a very rough year. I mean, he's only really played in, what, five or six games. Although I think last week against Cincinnati, even in the loss, was maybe the first time since the injury that he kind of looked like the Zay Jones we had last year. I think he caught four passes. He was open on a couple other ones, and the quarterbacks just missed him. So I'll be very interested as Zay Jones works his way back in, now with a much larger role without Christian Kirk, how he does perform. Because he kind of saw glimpses on Monday night of what Zay Jones was towards the end of last year. Yeah, I felt like when Zay Jones was healthy at the start of this year, you know, that touchdown, especially in week one against Indianapolis, that he was really a key to this offense. And it seems like, you know, they've kind of been clunky and it's been hard to find a rhythm for this offense when he was kind of in and out of the lineup a little bit. So ideally, if you're Jacksonville, you want him to be back close to 100 percent considering the injury to Christian Kirk. But I'm curious, do you feel the same way when you watch Jacksonville when Zay Jones is on the field versus when he's not? Well, the, the, the thing we talked about when they were fully healthy is they were missing Zay Jones. Because if you look at Calvin Ridley's best games, it was when Zay Jones was in the lineup alongside Christian Kirk. But now you take Kirk out of there. So how is that going to affect things? I, I don't know. Um, but I do think when Zay Jones played alongside Ridley and Kirk, that's when the Jaguars were at their best. You take Kirk out now. But like you said, you're paying Ridley – you know, a decent amount of money. You're hoping to re-sign him. You're paying Zay a decent amount of money. You re-signed Evan Ingram. You got a former first-round pick in ETN. Jamal Agnew's coming back from, from injury soon. There are still plenty of options for Trevor Lawrence, but there's no doubt that Ridley, Jones, and Ingram have a lot more on their plate now. 
I'm going to try to pin you down here and see if you'll give us a prediction. Are you game for that? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of questions leading into the game, but but yeah, I'll give you I'll give you something, I think. Who do you think takes this one in Cleveland? You know, I don't think it's going to be super nice weather up there. It seems like it's going to be a little colder. It's going to be windy. Might even be some rain or precipitation up there. Jacksonville traveling. They have been really good on the road, but all the injuries and everything considered, do you think the Jags can win this game? Oh, they absolutely can win this game. The, the interesting thing is going to be, obviously, Trevor or C.J. Beathard. I'm leaning C.J. Beathard, but I got to tell you, Justin, again, that that presser on Wednesday, that was eye-opening. That Trevor had no crutches, no walking boot, was saying all the right things. The Jaguars, like I said, have shown resiliency. Um, they like it when people doubt them. Seemingly every time they've been doubted this year, they've kind of come of age. Think about the games they've lost. They were a big favorite against Houston at home and lost. People thought they were going to get revenge on the Chiefs. They lost. People thought they were going to beat San Francisco coming off the bye. They lost. And they were a 10-point favorite against Cincinnati. And they lost. All the games they've won, they've really not been the favorite. You think on the road at New Orleans, on the road at Pittsburgh, on the road at Houston. They like their back against the wall. So having said that, they're going to be doubted all week. I'm going to pick them to win. I think Jacksonville goes in there. Again, this is not exactly Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, and Amari Cooper. It's Joe Flacco. It's Jerome Ford. And I doubt Amari Cooper plays because he's in protocol right now. So Cleveland extremely banged up. Jacksonville banged up. Jacksonville and Cleveland both need this game. I just want to come down to who has the better team. And I believe despite all the injuries, Jacksonville will still find a way to be a little bit better on Sunday. I'm kind of with you. I think it's uh, it's pretty, it's not pretty, it's gritty kind of game for Jacksonville. You know, maybe 13-10, 17-14, like somewhere in that range where the Jaguars can pull it. I think they've been really consistent. We haven't talked about it too much. So before I let you go, we should balance it out a little bit. This defense, you know, for the most part, I would say has been the most consistent unit on this team this year. Obviously, they did not have a great outing on Monday Night Football against Jake Browning in his second career start. But do you agree with that statement? Do you think the defense has been the most consistent unit for the Jags? And if so, why? Consistent, yes. But again, you talk about resiliency. I think the defense is the headliner there. They were awful against Houston in week three. They came back and played really well against Atlanta and Buffalo and London. They were awful against San Francisco a few weeks ago. They came back and played really well against Tennessee and Houston. And they were pathetic, quite frankly, on Monday night. You know, no, no offense to Jake Browning, but he should not have <laughs> like Joe Montana out there. 32 of 37 for 354. Are you kidding me? So I think the pride on this defense was hurt a little bit. Uh, and they've proven, again, in the past that when they have a bad game, they'll respond and play well the next week. And something else to consider, the pass rush for Jacksonville – is getting better as the weeks go on. Browning could scramble around a little bit, and you're throwing the ball to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Boyd and, and Mixon and all those guys. Joe Flacco's not scrambling anywhere, and if he doesn't <laughs> have Cooper, he's going to be throwing it to Elijah Moore, David Njoku, Cedric Tillman. It's not exactly Chase, Higgins, and Boyd. So I think the Jaguars will get the Flacco more than they got to Browning. And I think that's going to be a big factor in this game. 
Well said, my man, for more great insight. And make sure you go follow Ryan on X or Twitter or whatever we're calling it, at Ryan Green 1010XL. Check him out on the radio, too. He knows his stuff, been around this team for a long time, an institution in Jacksonville. Appreciate you jumping on, Ryan. Hey, Justin, anytime, brother. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.